0: listening to Peek One Sports.
1: Happy Saturday, and thank you for tuning in to The Lead Off on the Peak One Sports Network. I'm Ashton, and that's Tony. We are here to get you ready for your sports weekend. Now, Tony, Apollo Creed has passed away. Sports movie icon Carl Weathers died this week at age 76. According to his manager, he passed away Thursday peacefully in his sleep. Where does uh, Carl Weathers sit with you on uh sports movie icons
0: uh and he's way <clears throat> up there way up there man
1: rocky was a little bit before our time at least the you movies know. he was in
0: but well, um, you know you, i do remember him from those movies yeah as i've well, seen well. them i watch yeah. they always
1: have a rocky marathon on all of the time um but i i think i didn't put it together until probably a few years ago but uh i'm an adam sandler fan and him playing Chubbs in, a, in a Happy Gilmore, it took me yeah. a little while because that's more my, you know, ni- mid-90s. That's more of uh, my time. Uh, but, yeah, Weathers was best known for uh, being the actor who played a- Apollo Creed in the Rocky franchises. He uh, also, like I said, played Chubbs in Happy Gilmore. He also played in The Mandalorian, which I've uh, never watched but I know is very popular. Mm-hmm. And I just realized this doing my show prep. I did not know he played Combat Carl in Toy Story franchise.
0: No, I, I didn't know that one so, either. Even... That makes
1: sense, Combat Carl. Yeah. And I did know this, but uh, he also played professional football for the Oakland Raiders for a few games in 1970 before he became hmm. an actor.
0: Man, what that's a heck of a, and a resume. I'm not
1: finished. And he narrated a few of the NFL films season recaps. Uh, I don't have the years off the top of my head, but it was like, one in the '80s, 2001, and maybe 2003, something like that.
0: Yeah, those are some of those iconic videos. I mean, as a kid, I can remember. I think of our generation would remember those NFL films.
1: Yeah, NFL films, NFL follies. I liked watching the the uh, older, which older to me was '80s and '70s. Yeah, uh, uh, documentary films, and um, that's where that's why the Cowboys are called America's team, and uh, just it's just very iconic i mean two of the uh i mean if you want to call happy gilmore i think it's more of a cult classic but it's up there in in sports movies i believe i mean especially when you add carl weathers to the mix and then obviously uh you can't beat the rocky franchise i know the last few were kind of uh tailing off but i mean carl weathers died in rocky four so uh spoiler alert if you haven't If you haven't seen them, but uh, like he kind of played in the, in the, you know, first four movies where, you know, before it started going off the deep end, but yeah, rest in peace, Carl Weathers, uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. So you don't miss any of the great content on the peak one sports network. And if you like this episode, go ahead and hit that like button. If you don't like us hit it twice. This episode is brought to you by Betalytics. Don't bet with your gut. Use Betalytics and their AI algorithms and their prop bets to help you make smarter picks. Use promo code PEAK1 you get 25% off when you sign up today. Golf is fun. Act, I mean, you should dress like it. Uh, Shank it golf. Go to their website. You get 15% off when you use promo code PEAK1. All of that information is in the description box. Now, we're not going to get too hung up in uh talking too much about the super bowl because i mean we have next week to talk about it on the show we have a super bowl pregame show on peak one sports that we're going to get into a lot of that but let's get into the conference championship games and talk about these teams that made the super bowl um which one do you want to start with which is <clears throat> which did you enjoy watching most not not counting whether you like the 49ers or not because i know you're probably going to go there but which which was more entertaining?
0: I think the the Lions Niners game, that NFC champion conference championship game was obviously the most exciting to watch. Um but then also a little bit heartbreaking in the fact that the Lions uh I forget what they're what is seventeen point lead going into the half. Uh,
1: yeah, they said uh you know, the Falcons twenty eight to three. It's gonna be the new Lions twenty four seven. Yeah.
0: You know that that's that's tough. That that team went in with a lot of confidence. I almost it feels like that they they would have been better to be in a tight close game. Yeah. Than the alternative. And and then you also look at the fact that they leave, you know, at least six points on the field going forward on fourth down. Um, when they don't convert it, now it's yeah. hard to knock Dan Campbell for me to, for doing that because he didn't change the way he's coached all season. He's done that all season long. Yeah, he's I said
1: it when I I would talk about Mike McCarthy and like, well, if he, you know, if it works out, he looks like a genius, and if it doesn't, but Dan Campbell has played like that with yeah. you know ballsy, whatever you want to call it, and it works out. But then when you have a few of them in a game, unfortunately, that's how it you know, works. He, he has now two, um, calls, decisions he made against the Cowboys instead of kicking the field goal after, you know, attempting the two point conversion three times where, I mean, if you look back at it, I, 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 it was late in the season and I know things could change, but if you give them that win, they host that game. They'll be Mm -hmm. the number one seed. If that you, you know, if they, they'll be 13 and four, um, it hindsight's 2020 20, it's easy to say that but he's got that call and then if in my opinion at least 3 calls in this game late in this game um that you can directly look at and call calls also i i didn't like his gameplay in the second half to you know really hold on running the ball i think he played more not to lose than playing to win it, it's hard to uh play some of these games when you're the underdog and you have a big lead, that's not necessarily a good position to be in.
0: Well, in most circumstances, you think, excuse me, you think that there's no way these guys are going to come back the way we're playing. Yeah. 17 points up. But that's the scary part about this 49ers team is they can put 17 points on you in a heartbeat. It just doesn't take them long and it didn't take them long coming out of the half. They came out firing and, I mean, they were back in the game within a couple possessions of the ball.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the Lions were trying to, were trying too hard to make adjustments to counter what the adjustments they think the 49ers were going to make. And it yeah. just kind of backfired. I think they should have just stuck to their game. Again, I'm not a head coach. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but But uh, to be so aggressive going forward on a couple of fourth downs, <clears> to really <throat> kind of go away from your running game when, you ha- I don't have the yardage off the top of my head, but you had three rushing touchdowns by three different players. Um obviously the you know, I think when they it could be argued when you got in field goal range, you should have kicked a field goal when you were down ten, a two possession game, you still had your three timeouts and like mm-hmm. a little over a minute left in the game. Um personally, I probably once you get in field goal range or feel comfortable, just take three shots to the end zone and then kick a field goal. Um, yeah. They were, I think they did okay until they got to the goal line. Like they really weren't giving up that much time. Uh, but then, when you run it on third down, and then you're forced to use a timeout, essentially making your uh, the ability to win rely on you getting an onside kick, which is you know never a position you want to be in if you don't have to. And I didn't think they had to. I, I of course, if he runs in and scores. Cause they were expecting a pass. He looks like a genius, but you know, he forced himself to use a timeout. Like if you had a few extra, you know, 30 extra seconds, sure. Try that. But you, you left yourself in a position where you had to score. Um, Yeah. It
0: was almost, I mean, it worked out where they got the touchdown on that drive, but yeah. Which (laughs) if he would not have, but then it killed so much, so much valuable time and what would have worked so much better is in that position? They have a first down with a minute forty-two left. Is go ahead and line up and kick the field goal, unless you don't have that much faith in your field goal kicker, yeah. who's who's been historically hasn't been a great kicker. He's an average yeah. kicker. This season he's been pretty good. I mean he's he's done his job. In that situation, unless you don't trust your kicker, I think you kick it at a minute forty-two. You save the clock. You you need two possess It's a two possession game. You're not getting it all back here, so I go ahead and take the three that I need and save that clock because that was what really got him. Three they, timeouts,
1: were, and then I mean, and you then could you
0: it, kick the ball. Then you kick the ball deep. You yeah. don't do the onsides, and then you just. I mean, you, at that point, you kind of have to hope for the best. A lot of it's out of your hands. Uh You're at right. hindsight's 2020. If I'm Dan Campbell. I like the fact that he stuck to his guns and stuck to his yeah. game plan and what he's done all season, even in a loss, rather than selling out and doing something different that he didn't believe in to win.
1: Because if so, you lose
0: this game, the
1: same exact score, not knowing what happened during the game, it's like, hey, man, they made a great run. But it's mm-hmm. just the fact that they were up 24-7. to seven. Yeah. Mm-mm. So you can't, you know, knock them too much. But um, but there's
0: a lot of teams, you know, our Cowboys for one, you know. Mike McCarthy will change the game plan, will change the script, and you're like, dude, this is this is what yeah. got you here. Why are you changing now? You know, yes, what I have made different decisions? In the NFL, points are hard to come by. When you're in a position to take points, you need to take them. And in this situation, you know, I know at the time, Dan Campbell's looking at this saying, hey, you know what? We don't need three. We need more. But if you took the three and then you got in a situation, you got to stop. Now you're in a situation to take another three. Then at the end of the game, they score a touchdown. This this is a different ball game. I mean, this, this thing's flip side and, you know, there's about a minute left and the Niners are trying to find a way to get down the field and score.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a lot. Of, I mean, these two conference championship games were exciting for different reasons. Um, I mean, really, it wasn't back and forth the NFC championship game really wasn't back and forth it was like all first half yeah with the 49ers and the, and then it the lions I mean, the lions and then the 49ers came back and it made it more exciting up at the end um the chiefs ravens game was more all chiefs and then the chiefs kind of took their foot off the pedal and then the ravens just kept shooting themselves in the foot yeah. i mean how many times fumble i mean stupid penalties you know, uh, where flowers just kind of stood up over the guy. Yeah, it was a whole ball.
0: it was a whole run of events for them. I mean, outside for me, outside of maybe one drive, the Ravens didn't look like themselves. Yeah. In and, in and, and last week when you were out, Cole and I talked and Landon talked about this. Shout out
1: Cole Bungalow Sports Show. Thanks for there's
0: something in. about this Ravens team that I just didn't trust. Yeah, and it was hard, and that's what I, I kept telling. Cole is there's something about it and I can't I can't put my finger on it. You've got possibly an MVP quarterback. You've got this outstanding defense. They've got a solid running game. They have all these things, you know, these high flying, you know, you say Zay Flowers, they've got Odell Beckham. They they've got some a receiving core they can play, you know, a great tight end group. Yet I still found a way that I just didn't trust them and I just wasn't sure about that this was actually the best team. Even though most of you know, their big wins were over big teams, over winning teams, so I don't know what it was. You know, it was that it's that gut feeling you get, but it was just something about this team that just didn't seem like they were a Super Bowl contender.
1: The gut feeling was they're playing the Chiefs, and even though the Chiefs have been down, you get them into the playoffs. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey, you can't. It's hard to bet against them. No, um, never. Brad. But I mean, there never was so
0: count- them out
1: but uh they had uh zay flowers fumbling at the one which i mean that's a hands-up play to the chiefs for reaching and knocking it out a lot of times you you uh criticize these players when they try to knock it out and they don't get it and they kind of miss a tackle and like man you could have just tackled him and said he got five six more yards because you're going for the ball but this dive i mean you say zay flowers was a little greedy. Uh, I I think it was kind of because that, I think that was the same drive that he had gotten the penalty on the unsportsmanlike, but it was definitely after the penalty where I think he was just trying to make up. He already had a big play. It was going to be first and goal. And he just tries to do extra, which it's not, I mean, I'm not going to criticize him for it in the moment anyways. Uh, And then there was still a lot of time left, but then when um, Lamar Jackson threw the interception in the end zone, I thought, man, it's over. And then they were able to get the ball back with a chance to tie it, and they just didn't do anything with it. Um, you could easily say, like, man, the Ravens, you know, should have – I don't want to say should have won this game, but could have easily won this game yeah. um, after playing pretty bad, whereas the Chiefs, for some reason, their offense pretty—it went pretty stagnant um, mid-third quarter up until well, – The Ravens' defense the did a good
0: job to, to put the pressure on – uh, Patrick Mahomes yeah he was under pressure all night he made some outstanding throws and his receivers got in places that you know you know that I can think about the the diving Kelsey catch you know yeah. that kind of stuff's amazing that these guys pulled off you know the, the one the Kelsey games.
1: just kind of fell back his, his touchdown he yeah fell back in the end zone uh, but
0: what what was really missing here for the Ravens was the running game They really never got the running game established. They had a couple big plays later in the game, but early in the game, they never got it established. I think they had a three and out to start the game, which is not a way to start the game when you're the number one seed. You know, you you should be a team that goes down the field and scores, puts at least some points on the board. Um, They didn't do that. Uh, They just struggled to really get clicking, and that passing game in in Lamar couldn't flourish because – they couldn't establish that running game. That The running game was no threat to the Chiefs.
1: I mean, I, I can't agree with you more. It's it's easy at the end of the game to, I mean, after now that we're talking about it, we think about all the great plays for the, the winning team and the bad plays for the losing team, but uh, it didn't look great for the Chiefs' offense. And no. even the defense really wasn't, I mean, those two turnovers we were talking about happened deep in the red zone and um maybe it was a bin not break mentality where they just got the the timely turnover but the Ravens on those two drives I don't want to say run it down their throats but they were moving the ball I mean obviously mm-hmm. you get down into the red zone you you know that that uh interception in the end zone wasn't a bomb I, I want to say they had the ball like on the 20-25 yard line um call it shooting yourselves in the foot or car it. Call it the the Chiefs stepped up when they needed to, but uh, I think you remember these games a little bit differently. It just feels like, yeah, the Chiefs played great, the Ravens played bad, but <clears throat> um, credit to the Chiefs for <clears throat> for really most of the season not playing who you know what they've been. Uh, I know they, outside of Kelsey, the offense really doesn't have a lot of uh, help. And that happens when you pay your quarterback fifty million dollars a year, but uh, Patrick Mahomes has just been able to, you know, come out of that and lead this team to another Super Bowl. This being his fourth and five years, six years, something like that. Six yeah. straight AFC Championship games, fourth Super Bowl, I guess in six years because he made that first one. Um, it, it, it's, hard, it's to, just hard to bet against. I, I mean, just yeah. on paper. I assume the 49ers will be favored. I I haven't looked at any of the, the betting odds, uh, but it, in the talent wise, it feels like the 49ers are a lot more loaded than the the Chiefs outside of Patrick Mahomes. But man, I, it, it's hard to bet on the Chiefs, and, and I'm not going to put a pick in here. I don't want you to put. That's we're going to save that for you know our yeah. Super Bowl pregame show. Well, and one of the forwards. keys
0: that's going to be big for them is the continued growth and success we've seen from their running back Isaiah Pacheco you know that's yeah. that's something we talked about last week as well you know he's a huge key factor this in the running game and in the passing game uh you know between him and Kelsey you kind of just need your defense to to do an okay job which they have done which is what's really kept them in this season when the offense wasn't clicking you know and maybe keeping Kadarius Tony off the field <laughs> Yeah. Which has been, you know, has been a big story. And this there's been a long. lot of
1: Andy Reid quotes where I'd be surprised if Tony plays in the Super Bowl. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't see how Reid can make some of the comments he has. More passive aggressive comments. Uh are pretty direct, but seems more passive aggressive. And then you're like, yeah, we're cool. Unless he just has that kind of relationship. But I, I it'd be hard for... You know, I Andy Reid's never really been known for that to be like the mind-fuck kind of coach. Yeah. Uh, so I'd I'd be surprised if if Tony plays in this game. He's like, yeah, I just that's just how we are. That's just how he gets me motivated or whatever. But yeah, that's, that's crazy. And I don't know that Chiefs fans really want him to play after some of the you know drops he have he's had, and obviously that offside penalty. Um, but yeah, I.
0: Uh, so the current, the current line, which we've still got, a you know, a, a week and a day, um, is 49ers by two.
1: Okay. See, and that's one where I know Brock Purdy is a great quarterback. I still think we're, we're seeing what he, he can go in two different directions. He can go into the stratosphere of being compared to Mahomes and even being compared to a few, you know, Brady in the future, as Mahomes is now being compared to Tom Brady. Or he, you know, if they lose this game, you know, he's had a really good team around him. No, mm-hmm. nothing against Purdy. Uh, Mahomes has kind of proved like this is what Mahomes is. A lot of people thought, yeah, he'll just kind of, he's had a great team. He's had a lot of weapons uh, after a couple of years, but, you know, four Super Bowls in you know, uh, less, less help. Uh, we see that. Um, so right now I'm surprised. I mean, it's hard to say I'm surprised. Obviously the 49ers have more talent, but Vegas is going with the overall talent and not the quarterback.
0: One uh, thing though that, you know, we talked about this last week and this has come up a lot recently in the media <clears throat> is the fact that Brock Purdy's just a game manager and that's been yeah. his knock. You know, and yeah, to me that's that's such a weird it's, knock. I mean, mo- and this is mostly coming from you know these ESPN types that are that are looking for headlines, right? Yeah, of he course. gets knocked for being a game manager. That's exactly what this offense needs. That's what this offense is designed for is just to have a guy that's a game manager and can just distribute. I mean, you could knock, you know, say Tom Brady's kind of a game manager as well. You know, Tom Brady's not the guy just to sling the ball and, downfield and, and and scramble and run like he's just gonna manage and. And take control of the offense. And
1: and you act like, not you, but people act like uh, bus driver quarterback and elite quarterback are mutually exclusive. Like you can, you know, Tom Brady did what he, you know, whether he was ready to take over the team or not, or just be a game manager. It's, I think it's a talent when a quarterback can be a game manager. I think maybe that's something wrong with the Baltimore Ravens that. They don't have a game manager quarterback when really they have a very talented team, and he might be better off being a game manager than, you know, being the guy just because he can run. He's an MVP candidate. He'll put up the stats. Uh, you compare him to Dak Prescott, he's a game manager quarterback. He'll put up the stats too. Um, he's not able to manage the game in the playoffs, apparently, but I think it's too soon to call. A quarterback a game manager like he did a good job of managing this team in the moment um i think it takes a while but uh, you know it takes a few more years to really pin him as that because you have to see him with different players and different systems and different in different schemes that's why tom brady has lasted you know the best quarterback of all time or you know up there if you want to have a debate about it but mm-hmm. he's played so long with you know so many different players you, you know the stat that they break it down he's had three hall of fame careers and patrick mahomes put him in that where no tyree kill you i mean you, you pretty much decimate a lot of his offense and he's only in his sixth season or seventh i guess technically because yeah. he didn't start but that's how you have to determine it's easy for not easy but it's common for a quarterback to have a few good years and he look at his career and be like yeah he's probably going to be in the hall of fame and then he just kind of tail off uh you know Kaepernick's one of them maybe for different reasons but there's a lot of players that you 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 say who they're teamed up with who they're you know like Belichick Brady who was it it looks right right now was more Brady than Belichick but um you you take a quarterback away from you know what coach I don't care if he's the best coach in the world is going to do anything without a quarterback and then maybe Brady is like well he took Gronk he had a lot of talent in Tampa Bay had a a good coach too that not necessarily can you do it with very little it's like can you do it with other you know a different coach a different player I mean Tom Brady has won a Super Bowl you know went had a different coach different system different everything and still won a Super Bowl
0: yeah
1: Um, and Patrick Mahomes it hasn't quite turned over i mean let's see how he does without kelsey rumors of kelsey retiring this year maybe uh you know that, a that's a good team. point
0: so you know i look at it as you know we talk about lamar as being a an mvp guy that you know there's been some talk of pert uh brock purdy being an mvp guy i mean there's a huge argument for patrick mahomes but is there not even a bigger uh argument for travis kelsey because when Travis Kelsey was out early in the season, injured, this team didn't didn't do well. They had no open targets. They had no so. You're going to get me on a
1: tangent of <clears throat> I I understand most valuable the MVP is not really an MVP. They're doing it for best player because if MVP you're talking about value. Yeah, technically you talk like how much they're paid and all that. Brock Purdy would be the MVP because he's making nothing almost, but. <clears throat> It's always going to be a quarterback unless you just have. I mean, just look at the year Tyree Hill had, and nobody. I mean, people have mentioned, yeah, maybe Tyree Hill, yeah, but he's had an outstanding year in a weak quarter. I mean, that could be season. for
0: that one out. You can throw out CD Lamb in his year. He said it, exactly.
1: As well. Yeah, CD. I mean, CD Lamb almost had the same stats. I realized Tyree Hill had one less game, but I'll turn that back around. And it's like, well, he played one more game. Like he was able to play another game. Um. Uh, but in this season, of the, I think we can all agree this is one of the weaker years of a quarterback where Dak Prescott's a good regular season quarterback, nothing against him, but he led the league in passing touchdowns with was it like 36, 38, something mm-hmm. like that. That That's pretty low. You expect you know, 40, 45 touchdowns. So in, in a year of weak MVP quarterback play, you had Tyreek Hill and C D Lamb have outstanding years they're not even sniffing it. You you have to break a record have an outstanding year to not be, you know, it's usually by default pick your best quarterback out of the one and two seeds on each side. It's pretty much what it is for better or worse. I mean, again, take, you know, take Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes off those teams and see how they do. You know, uh I think I think the 49ers might have a better chance.
0: Well, um, in the I same instance though, you know, you can have that argument for Kelsey that when oh, he was yeah, out, this, this team couldn't perform. If Kelsey doesn't play, if t- Kelsey is not on this team as yeah. it's structured currently, they're not a playoff team. They don't make the playoffs this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you actually were able – I mean, I'm asking hypotheticals. Take that, yeah. You actually see Travis Kelsey not on this team. Yeah. They don't do good. You put him on this team, and, you know, they just turn things around where they're looking at uh, a wild card. They steal the division in the end the last couple of weeks then there's the big storyline Patrick Mahomes never played a road playoff game. He goes in there and beats arguably arguably the two best teams in the but AFC it, on the road.
0: He gets he gets that but isn't Kelsey in that same boat? Kelsey's playing his first road playoff game as well.
1: Agreed. Yeah, no. I I agree with you. I'm just being Devils yeah. advocate of You're Right. You know, I don't agree that wins and losses should necessarily be tied to a quarterback, but they are and we're going to you know when you you know when you don't like the stat, like I'll just throw Dak Prescott out there because, I mean, we, we're here in Dallas and, and we hear the national critiques of him. But if there's a stat that favors Dak Prescott and you don't like him, you're going to disregard that stat. Mm-hmm. Even if the stat, you know, you, you can say, say, well, wins don't matter. He's won 36 games in the last three years, uh, three seasons. Yeah. And you're going to say, well, it doesn't matter. Wins, you know, it's a team game. Uh, and not that I'm defending Dak, I'm just using that as, as an example. But you do the same thing of, uh, well, Dak Prescott has lost against this team, this or he hasn't, he doesn't have a a great record against w- winning teams, and you're like, see, see, look at the stat, and you're just kind of cherry picking stats. Like, well, I thought it was a team game. What does that have to do um, with it? Using Dak Prescott, I know the comments oh, are uh, yeah, crazy, like, the... well, "Dak sucks." <clears throat> why are you defending him? That's. that's I the saw point. a stat
0: this week. It was. Whatever you know, like, yeah, it was Dak Prescott's fault that that the Cowboys' defense let up, you know, gave up 400 yards and whatever yeah. 30, 40 point, whatever points, you know, that game was. You know, that's Dak Prescott's fault. That's, we got to blame him for that. Yeah,
1: that's going to make me beat a dead horse and and tell you more. Yeah. I've talked on multiple episodes about. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. The defense didn't score enough, so Dak couldn't do anything. It's not his fault, or or vice versa well, Dak wasn't, what was Dak going to do if the defense didn't give up 40 points or whatever, really it was 30 something because a pick six, but yeah, I'm not, I've never been you know, with Romo, with Dak, I've never been on the side of, I like Romo, hate Dak or vice versa. Like I just, I can blame Dak. Uh, I'm not going to be a fan of somebody and just say no matter what, it's his fault or no matter what, it's not his fault. I wanted Romo to succeed. I want Dak to succeed uh, I mean, I don't even really like the 49ers all that much, but I, it's not like I want to see Brock Purdy fail. I, I'd prefer yeah. them not to win the Super Bowl, but I'm not one that says, oh, I don't like him. I don't want him to do good. you know. Um, and Dak had a terrible game. He would tell you he had a terrible game. I don't think it's very productive, especially what what we do podcasting. But it, anytime when you have a conversation sports wise to say, well, that was Dak's fault. he. He screwed it up. Unless you just had a yeah. great game back and forth and he threw the t- untimely interception. Then you could say that. But, it, okay, sure, Dak had a terrible game. If he had a great game, maybe they it would have been different, maybe not. Um, But I just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> You're going to get me going off something that shouldn't, shouldn't be going that's, on. That's for the off season. That That's why I don't <clears throat> try to participate in comments on social media because – You know, not, not that I'm a uh, a genius or anything in sports, but I feel like I know quite a bit because not because I have a podcast or anything, but because I keep up with it and study it and, you know, do show prep and everything like that. And I'm more empathetic to situations like that, where I don't necessarily take a side. You don't have to take a side saying, yeah, Dak's good, Dak's bad, whatever. Like, you know, it, it is what it is. I don't have to get, you know, pissed off about it. and then people who don't know what they're talking about just throw out some random you know i i'm a a big uh, believer never say everyone or all or never because really you can't like every deck's never going to win a super bowl probably not but just say Dak can't win a super bowl. like any quarterback could win a super bowl for the most part i mean is it uh, uh Collins won a Super Bowl the Ravens right in 2000 <clears throat> 2001 like if you put the right team around him and I, that's what I thought this year I thought Dak could have you know done something but when you have a a bad game as quarterback to do and you know maybe it's a playoff thing I I, I don't know that I necessarily believe that I, you know I use quotations when I say Dak is a regular season quarterback I'm like hey Just because that's what it looks like, but he has a bad game in the playoffs at the same time that Dan Quinn, which we'll get to in a minute, happens to change a game plan all of a sudden run zone defense and they just get torched and Dak and CeeDee Lamb are off that game. It's like everything happens at once. You can't just blanket say this, but because you have an opinion and your opinion has kind of been validated for a few years that you don't, you know, you're just gonna say, Oh see, I was right. Yeah but uh, yeah let's get you know speaking of uh, Dan Quinn, we'll get into some you know before we finish up some of these uh, coaching vacancies and some coaches that are still not hired as of now. Um, with the Cowboys keeping Mike McCarthy, we assumed Dan Quinn would stay with them but uh, Dan Quinn's going to the commanders and you know maybe that's more because the commanders didn't get their guy and now this is kind of secondary. I'm not sure but what uh, what are your thoughts on, Dan Quinn as a Cowboys fan and what do you think Commanders fans are thinking right now?
0: Well, you know, that was a team that, you know, coming from a Ron Rivera that was a defensive minded coach, this team's kind of been built around the defense. Uh, obviously, they they made some moves late in the season and moved yeah. some guys out. Um, which for Dan Quinn, you know, I think he's going to be coming into a rebuild. They've probably got several seasons to you know, in several drafts to rebuild this team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how much money this for this, uh, Redskins team is willing to spend, you know, this new, new management that they're under new ownership. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think this, you know, in five years, this, this could be a pretty solid team, but then again, look at Dan Quinn had the opportunity and had a pretty solid team in Atlanta, you know, that I mean, he, he took them to Bowl. the Super Bowl. Yeah, and and we want to say twenty
1: eight three. It was a terrible, you, you know, like it's the same deal. He lost in overtime in the Super Bowl. Same, go back to the Lions and Forty ers That if you just say that he lost, he lost to Bill Belichick in overtime. You are like, damn. Okay, I think you would take but in that the fashion that they, yeah, lost. the fashion they lost.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good move for for Washington. Uh, as a Cowboys fan, it is a little bit hard to see him go. But I think at a certain point, you understand that there needs to be change. Just like from what we saw in that playoff game. Like, I think he's just – this is how coaches do. There's there's very few times that you get these long-term coaches that just work out. You know, you saw Bill Belichick, you know, his decline. Like, things just happen in the NFL, and it's time for a a Uh, re-up. I think for the Cowboys, this is a good move. It's now who do the Cowboys put in place – to take over the helm of this big defense. And what does this do to you signing players later on when you've got a guy like Michael Parsons who says, I want to go wherever Dan Quinn is?
1: Yeah. Um, I My opinion is, I mean, the Cowboys were playing with house money anyways because every single year we thought Dan Quinn's gone, Dan Quinn's gone, Dan Quinn's gone. Uh, so you keep him for three years, and and I was fine with him staying staying on. I mean, one playoff game where you switch up, your system. It was more like, Hey, I think that's a learning experience more than anything. You can't just put it on the coach as well, but you do see like, okay, well they did the same thing against the bills. They gave up a lot of points. It's, it's like, maybe they were trying to, they were figuring out Dan Quinn a little bit. Um, I think more, I'm not upset about losing him. I get it. I mean, I was surprised we kept him for three years as good as he was doing, especially since he was turning down bad jobs. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that means he's going to take a better job in the future. And um, it was kind of like, well, he just went to the commanders. That's, you know, he could have gone to the Broncos or the Seahawks the previous years, well Seahawks this year. Uh, but I think, you know, that game against the 49ers wasn't going to take away his head coaching positions, but it was going to limit them where, as he probably saw, like, hey, I mean, you know, I have that asterisk. It may just be like, hey, it's just a game. But you don't want to start a pattern if you go the next year uh, and have a subpar defense. Because the fact that the Cowboys have had a top defense for three years is is miraculous. It's, it's uh, not very often. You know, usually you have a good defense. Things will even out the next year. It's, it's very difficult to keep a defense, a top five defense for multiple years in a row. So, I, I think he was just like, I got to take it while I can because if I have a bad year next year, I might get screwed over. Yeah. Look, look what's happened with with uh, Kellen Moore. Um, yeah. But the move that I, I'm going to say I don't like is he went to a rival uh, in Washington and they did trade away a lot of their pieces. So, I, I don't know that he's going to have them competing, like you said, maybe in five years. Uh, but. I do believe that I'm not saying the commanders went out and got him because he was a rival. Maybe he has information, but he does know Dak Prescott more and this offense more than most coaches do more than any other coach. Maybe Kellen Moore a little bit. Yeah. He went up against him every day, uh, but, but look at the Eagles. They got Kellen Moore too. So now you're going against Kellen Moore twice a year. You're going against Dan Quinn and that may not seem scary after, you know, how Kellen Moore went out and how Dan Quinn went out, but, there's a reason switch. That- you, you, you know like uh Jalen Smith had a career longer than he should have probably because he was getting picked up by the Packers and the Giants and he had a decent time with the Giants where and I think the Redskins picked him up last year for a game and it's like well maybe he knows something and, and that exists where like hey Deck does this you know you just have to do this to get interception you know whatever you kind of know that how the offense runs you go against that offense in practice and you understand the scheming. So not that the the Commanders hired him for this reason, that that's kind of bold. It's one thing to hire him as a coordinator or you know, hire that 52nd 53rd guy on your roster, but it does scare me a little bit whereas you know as a Cowboys fan that even in down years, although you've beat the the Commanders a few times now, but even in down years they struggle against Eagles, Giants, commanders, even when they're not good. You know, it's conference, I mean it's division teams. But now I they have that I'm little as, bit of edge.
0: I'm not as concerned because in the Dan Quinn style of off uh, defense, it takes game player. It like it takes playmakers and it takes yeah. guys that can do it. And I Washington don't think this commander's team right is it's stacked with that yet to to really scare they me. They
1: had some names, but they traded a lot of that away. Yeah.
0: So give me and until you know, they have a
1: quarterback, I don't. I don't really fear.
0: Yeah. Give him a couple years, uh, and and they could. You know, he's going to need time to develop this defense and rebuild this defense. Uh, Kellen Moore does a little bit. You know, I mean, I think he's one of these hot young coaches. You know, obviously he struggled in in Dallas, and then he goes to the Chargers, and and it isn't much better. But again, I'm not a guy that's sold on the Chargers either um which is why they weren't sold yeah. on their coach and they bring in Jim Harbaugh which I think is probably the biggest blockbuster coach hiring yeah. this offseason.
1: Yeah. Yeah, on the Chargers, I mean I I just don't get the the Herbert hype. Uh like I, I I haven't seen it at all. Like you can say uh Lawrence in Jacksonville, like I've seen him play and then Herbert's just kind of like everyone's like yeah, he's going to be the the guy, and you see some talent, but he, to me, I don't get it. I think with the right team, he could be a really good quarterback, but, I mean, they're putting him, already saying, future top five QB in the uh, league.
0: So far, he's he's completely underperformed where he should be. Yeah, it,
1: it, and, you know, rightfully so. He's had, He you know, hasn't had a lot of help, but every year you're like, the Chargers are going to make the playoffs, maybe make a run. In his career, they've played one playoff game where they were up 27 points on Jacksonville something like that and they, they lost. Um, but I mean, it's easy to say, Oh yeah, I'm not worried about Dan Quinn because of how he went out And, and we turn as a, as a Cowboys organization, we, they turn pretty quickly. I mean, you see a lot of criticisms of Micah Parsons now, who the last couple of years has kind of been untouchable. Whereas Kellen Moore did struggle against, um, or did struggle, uh, in Los Angeles and, you could say he struggled here, just how Dak played. And then obviously you see the turnaround when you go to Mike McCarthy making play calls, but Kellen Moore for whatever, you know, for whatever reason, whether it was him or not, you know, was the offensive coordinator that led these top offenses for Dallas the last few years. So he has something. Um, it's not like he's incompetent. Now maybe all the talent that Cowboys have had in offense goes towards that, and you're like, well, you put any competent person, they could, you know, or any competent coach, they could do that. But, um, I think I'm more worried about Quinn in Washington for the future more than anything than I am Kellen Moore in Philly, because it, there's a lot of turmoil in Philly right now. You're talking about uh, players wanting to be traded, you know, fans not happy that they kept Sirianni. I, I, I don't know what Moore could do. Kellen Kellen Moore could do in uh in Philadelphia because Hurts is is a different quarterback than Dak. So I'm not I'm not really worried unless they just, you know, come up with something Kelsey retired, so he's not there. I'm not worried about the tush push necessarily anymore. I think that's why Jalen Hurts has kind of been, you know, hurt most of the, you know, second half of the season. They kind of downturn. I I honestly think he's just getting beat up from doing the tush yeah. push so much cuz you didn't see it very often. Later, uh, later in the season,
0: yeah. No, well, they weren't in positions as much, but you, you haven't. This is the first year they've really implemented something like this into their offense, Mm -hmm. and you could see. I mean, even you know, in interviews, Jason Kelsey mentions, you know, man, this is it's rough on your body to be down there in the trenches. I think I've already dropped an
1: f bomb, so we're probably already explicit. But yeah, Jason Kelsey, I don't know if it was on his podcast with Travis Kelsey, but he i think that's what it, where it was but he said when they would call that you know he would give out the play call whatever it's called for the tush push he would just yell oh f my life and then they would get like he wasn't you know happy about it because I mean, you put him in that position when when you're kind of stuck there just hitting and pushing and you know that's i'm surprised there wasn't like a big injury right then but i think it just took it out of.
0: and them. you do that you do that multiple times for multiple weeks yeah, it, it would. It, it takes a toll you on up. your body. Yeah, and you can tell that Jalen Hurts wasn't as the season progressed. There was something going on, he whether it was running a right out much, injury, or you know he was just beat up and tired and sore. Like it, something was going on. He he didn't play like he had played in, in previous seasons and played it even early on. Teaching. I mean, he.
1: I think I mean he had a pretty good season in the first half, but I think he was in MVP conversations because he was. Almost the MVP. You know, he's the MVP quarterback or MVP season last year. He was just in the Super Bowl. He's a big name now where.
0: When they even, start off as hot as they Yeah, did. even.
1: And, and yeah, you're 10 and one. You're like, well, if they finish the number one seed and he has a pretty good season. The same with Dak. I don't think. I mean, Dak had a really good year, but again, it was a down quarterback year too. Whereas if Dak Prescott, if the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is having a really good year, he's MVP conversation no matter what. Um, and that's where Jalen Hurts was and then he just kind of slowly fell off because you know some of his last few games they were just he would have a couple of rushing touchdowns maybe but you know not you know less than 200 yards passing you know maybe a passing touchdown interception or two he just it, it just looked different and you know comparing the two if, if what happened to the Cowboys and I, and I know they lost to the Bills and they lost to the Dolphins and you know they one against the Lions, but it was kind of controversial. Whereas you you lose one game. That's one game. But the Eagles, it wasn't just the one game against the Bucs. You saw them trending down for so long, whereas they should have been hosting a playoff game, possibly with a bye week. But you know, it's it's more concerning when you see five, six weeks your teams just going downhill. Um and I think Devontae Smith was asking is one asking for a trade Maybe I have that back. No, A.J. Brown. Is A.J. wrong receiver? A.J. Brown wasn't hiding it. He's like, yeah, I, I, I he's kind of open to a trade. Um, and, you know, that's not going to work well with Philly fans. So it, there's a lot of turmoil in that organization where I could see them coming back next year and being uh, NFC East favorites and winning a lot of games. But I can see it go the opposite way really quickly. Uh, before we... Come off. I mean, we, we we talked about the Cowboys' defensive coordinator uh, vacancy and a couple of names that could be um, entering those. I don't know because Jerry said he wants to go all in, and who knows what that means in, in Jerry terms. That just could that just might mean using all of your cap space and not necessarily doing anything big. But uh, I think he's going to go for a bigger name um, for the defensive coordinator position. I'm thinking. Ron Rivera, I know we talked about him. He he might be a, a good spot where he's kind of down. He's, you know, obviously not going to get a head coaching job right now. Um, And he might be one of the better picks. A less sexy name, I think, might be Mike Zimmer. Um, yeah, be there's been reports
0: he's, that Mike Zimmer wanted to come back to the Cowboys yeah. to coach this defense.
1: I know. It kind of went downhill for him, uh, you know, in Minnesota. And, you know, he was compared a lot to like a Jason Garrett type coach. Uh, but, you know,
0: one that that I mentioned early, early in the season uh, that I really like when there were, were talks and speculations that Dan Quinn would probably leave after this season for a head coaching job yeah. is the uh, their defensive back coach, Al Harris. You know, I really am a big fan yeah. of Al Harris. Um, I think he knows this defense. He knows this secondary. He knows, you know, he knows what these guys are capable of. And I would really—I don't know if he's prepared for it. I don't know all the inner yeah. workings. If this is a guy that's ready to step into a coordinator role, but I think he's a—he's a good candidate for that. And and I would—I would definitely be if I were Jerry Jones, I would be looking right there in my own house to see what I have before going out, just trying to get this big, sexy name because that doesn't mean that it's going to work. You know, there's yeah. there's also been talk of Bill Belichick. Would he come here and be a? defensive coordinator man that might Cowboys. be
1: you know jerry said he's like no i could work with bill belichick and i believe he thinks that and maybe he can um but it's to me i know there hadn't has not at this point been any reports on why he didn't go to atlanta or why he still doesn't have a, jo- a head coaching job uh, i think a lot of his he wants a lot of uh, control you know uh, not, uh, you know player personnel, things like that, and be more than a head coach like he has in past years in New England. Mm -hmm. So I don't, if that is the reason he didn't go to Atlanta or Atlanta didn't want him or whatever, it would be hard to believe that he would take, you know, it'd be better for him to take a year off. But if somehow he could, you know, go from being head coach slash player personnel leader, I know he wasn't the GM, but, he could go from that to not even being in, in, co- in control of the coaching room. Then, um, you know, I, I think he could work really well here, but I, I don't know. You've never seen a move like that where like a legendary coach goes <clears throat> back. I mean, you see it all the time where head coaches struggle. Dan Quinn then goes to a coordinator. Mike Zimmer, he goes to a coordinator. Possibly Ron Rivera. Uh. Being not only with the Cowboys, but being a defensive coordinator somewhere else, you see it, but you've never seen it with like a legendary coach, uh, basically taking a downgrade to that. But you know, would it work? I'm not sure if you could get past you know like Mike McCarthy's your boss now when you you've been the boss so long. But if you just go down to X's and O's, I think he would be a great fit. I, I just don't know that it would work, and but it would be one of the most Jerry Jones thing moves ever if he could co- convince yeah. bill Belichick to come back as a defensive coordinator
0: yeah i don't know if he you know he it depends on where he's at in his career maybe he's ready to just step back and just focus on one aspect of the game yeah and not have the responsibility of all the other things
1: yeah and, and is it one thing to take a step back and be a coordinator and kind of prove it because i think from his point of view that he doesn't really have to prove much. I think it was just kind of a a weird year where Mm. if he wanted to be a head coach again, I think he'd be completely fine taking a year off and just sitting back and waiting uh, as opposed to having to be a defense coordinator and prove, look, I still have it. You know, I I think the league is moving more towards younger coaches and it's tough when you have, you're going to be an old coach with a GM half your age and, Especially when Bill Belichick is used to making a lot of those calls. You know, I think GMs and and owners are ready to just have coaches that just coach. And and we'll see if, you know, in the future maybe he decides I'm willing to change because I want to be in the league or or something like that. I don't know. There's a lot we could talk about this offseason. Maybe, you know, all the crap in Philadelphia. They start off 0-2 or something like that. They fire Sirianni. I know you typically don't see head coaches hired in the middle of the years. Normally it's like an interim coach and then you worry about it later. But yeah, if he's sitting there with a talented team and Sirianni has gone early and I bet you Vegas will have Sirianni the first coach odds on first coach to be fired next year, because if they don't start out hot, even if they're like two and two, I mean, look at um, names escaping me. Peterson, Doug Peterson. Uh, he has multiple winning seasons. He wins them a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. And mm-hmm. then the first year he has a bad season, he gets fired. Philly yeah. wants him gone. That's a tough place to coach. And, and that was even in a year where I think the Commanders or maybe the football team at the time won the division with a losing record. Whereas the Eagles still could have won the division. I think they finished one game back or something like that. Maybe a couple of games back. But it's tough. I I bet you, Sirianni, unless they just revert revert back to early season form, um, he's probably gone before the season's over in Philadelphia. Yeah,
0: I agree. Unless they come out hot, you know, and even the losses they have, they better be performing very well on the field. Um, You know, you already saw the rumblings this season. I think in Philadelphia is a place they don't get it. It's not a fresh start when the season starts. That carries over. So if you start off slow – it, that could be it for Nick Sirianni, and is that why they hire Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator? Does he step in yeah. as the interim yeah, that's coach, a good point. Yeah, potentially that. to take over that team? Because Kellen Moore last year was a huge, you know, a very hot topic for a head coaching job. He just never landed anything. He is a bad interview, apparently, which
1: never is a red <clears throat> flag for me. That doesn't like being. I mean, that's great if you can have, I guess, the communication skills or whatever. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily to me, um, because I've sat in interviews with potential prospects or whatever, and it's like if that's what's wrong with like that's the only thing apparently reported was he just wasn't a good interview. I'm like that doesn't necessarily. I mean, is Nick Sirianni a great interview? He kind of rubs people the wrong way, anyways, and I think that's part of why uh, Philly. He's kind of like like Philly loves him for that, but mm-hmm. at the same point, it was like when they started this downturn last season, there'd be people with signs you know, as Sirianni drove into the Eagles facility saying fire Sirianni and he did cute stuff like go send them coffee or whatever. And, and you know, I think that works when you're like just in a slump, but then after a while, yeah. you know, you lose to the Cardinals and they're like it, it, the fashion that they did where they were being booed on every single play. Um, I mean,
0: I was surprised that he made it out after the playoff loss to the Bucks. That yeah, one, they, so underperformed in that how game they,
1: i can't believe you know i'm not even that it's philly just the collapse they had um i'm more surprised about that than mike mccarthy staying because yeah. the collapse that they had and then they just how they lost it's like they didn't even compete i know there's part of it where they scored touchdowns like okay now they're back in it um it it just, I couldn't imagine that game being played. I know the Bucks probably wouldn't have played the way they did if it was in Philadelphia, but if they had lost like that in Philadelphia outside, I think they had one, maybe two good drives. And other than that, it was just crap. Yeah. Um. But it, it, to me, it felt like he was kind of losing the locker room. I know, again, there's a lot of turmoil in that organization, and that's one to keep an eye on because Philly doesn't usually keep coaches. After stuff like that, if they hadn't been the coach, like, you know, Andy Reid was a coach forever. Um, But you, you take a step back, like, he just had them in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they did start 10-1. and one. They still made the playoffs after this epic collapse, whatever the the issue was. Sometimes it's just like, hey, nothing against Sirianni. We just have to make a change. The same with mm-hmm. Dan Quinn. Like, I think, I don't think anything of that Packers game is going to, I think he's going to be a, a, a great head coach. Now, I'm not saying he's going to turn them around, but I think he's going to do pretty good where you're going to look at, yeah, he's done more than he was probably expected to do. Sometimes a change of, change of scenery, and again, I think Dan Quinn would have been fine staying here. He would have you know, made adjustments, but uh, Sirianni, I don't know. I, I don't envy him right now. Uh, no, nope. He's got to do something. There. Like as the Cowboys, did I just – oh, Siri, Sirianni, my phone –
0: Early so in the season, in. we we talked about Sirianni. You know, when when the it first felt like he was on the hot seat. I, I'm a big fan of him. Um, I can't imagine that if if he did get fired, that he would go like he would have a job next the following season. Yeah, like, he would have a head coaching job. I think he he is a head coach. It's just I don't know if Philadelphia is the fit yeah. because you know the NFL is weird now that there's very few teams that are just consistently good. Other than that, you know, it's kind of, you have up years and down years, up years and down years. Uh, I mean, even looking at a team like the chiefs, that has been really good over the past six seasons. They, they almost could have had that down year. You know, they were on that cusp of being a bad team this year. They turned that around and and now it looks like, oh, wow, they're, they're a great team still. Yeah. Um, which I, I think they are. That's how hard it is to win in the NFL and how volatile that can be. So Sirianni may just need to be in a position that he's not going to be on a hot seat all the time.
1: Yeah. And like even here in Dallas, where obviously we have pretty crazy fans anyways, um, next year, everybody will be excited about football. You'll have your McCarthy like doubters. And as, as you normally have your Dak doubters and you had your Romo and Garrett doubters, But people will be excited. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that Philadelphia fans aren't going to be excited about the season, but they're going to be on Sirianni's ass until he starts off, you know, 2-0, 3-0, something like that, where if he struggles just a little bit, they're going to be, you know, calling to fire him because I'm surprised there wasn't kind of a revolt when they kept him. Yeah. Uh, You know, just, just knowing Philadelphia, they're intense fans. I mean, I'll say that with a positive mindset. Yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan. But Philly's got some intense fans all across the board, every sport, but uh, definitely in Philadelphia. Um, Guys, we're just about out of time, but don't forget next Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, we will come out with times. I don't have the time off the top of my head, but we are going to do a Peak One Super Bowl pregame show with all the talent on Peak One from every show will be on and off. It'll be a live stream, um, but we'll have more information on that as it comes up. We still have more shows that we'll talk about it, you know, all next week, but don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel or, uh, if you, or follow us, if you are listening on one of your preferred podcasting apps, but until next time with Tony, I'm Ashton. We'll see you guys later.